In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles the next generation i am ron kolik with the real cracky voice new england's own van helsink and with me my co-host all the way from east bridgewater wherever the hell that is the (coughs) diane here the Uh lead investigator for the east bridgewater's most haunted and Several other groups, I guess, whatever. Uh, the star of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted Studios, and also my co host of Blonde Bombshell, wrong, uh, uh, and Wrong Way Kerrigan. Oh, my. Hi. Wow, you don't feel good. Yeah. You know what? I just got back from church today, too, just a couple of minutes ago, actually, a few minutes ago, because, you know, today's the. Really? Uh, the Immaculate Conception Day is a holy day, so being Aww. a good, good Catholic boy I am, I was there, and I guess that didn't help, so oh. whatever. Well, anyway. see, God was supposed to make you feel better, not worse. No, no, no. You know what? You know what's really weird? Is I was watching, um, did you ever see Evan Almighty? Uh, no, I didn't see it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those dumb movies, but... It's Jim it's Carrey, kind of right? Huh? Jim Carrey, right? Oh, no, no, the other dude, but whatever. He, yeah, he did Bruce Almighty. He did the first one. This was the second one. Ever. Steve Carell, right. Yeah, okay. no, no, Zach or something or other. And uh, it, it, it's kind of a mindless thing, but my wife and I watched the other night because <laughs> we could. And <laughs> but, but the, the cool thing in it, it, it was like uh, God was there and he was talking. He says, uh, it, it, it made a lot of sense. He says, you know, you, know, you, you ask things for God, but. God doesn't give you things. He gives you the opportunity to get them. That's true. And, that, and that's that the thing. Like, he doesn't make you brave. He gives you the opportunity to become brave. Right. you got to work for it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a neat thing. So uh-huh. anyways. So you have to so work at feeling better. I went to church, <laughs> and uh, anyways, it didn't help. So. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. Oh. Well, we'll oh. perk you up tonight. Yeah, anyways. We'll, we'll, we'll try and perk you up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about decaying, rotten, crappy old buildings. That should really perk me up. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to perk me up. The hell with you. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, we have a, a new episode we're going to play right now, and then when we come back, I'll let you into Oh, Who is on our show tonight before we do that? 
We are going to have Jason Baker on tonight, and he is a photographer. Oh, I know him. He made, he made the, uh, the Baker chocolates, right? Baker. No, wrong guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong guy, Ron. And you called me the wrong way. Coconut. All right. No. Yeah, so anyways, Jason Baker is what? He is a photographer of urban decay and abandoned buildings and asylums and hospitals and all those creepy-looking buildings that just, they look haunted and you want to go in them. Oh, okay. That's what he does. So like my house, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so let's play this new uh, episode and then uh, we'll bring on Mr. Baker. All right. The Supernatural Encounter from GhostVillage.com. Jeff Belanger here with a ghost encounter sent in by Niaja that took place in Jonesboro, Arkansas in August of 1999. Niaja writes, This happened about six years ago, but I can remember the details clearly to this day. My grandmother passed away back in July of 1999. She was a diabetic and became very ill and had to have emergency surgery. She was in the hospital for well over three months. My granny and I were really close. My brother was also close to our granny because we were her first and oldest grandchildren. When she was well enough to come home, my mom suggested that she live with us. My granny was doing quite well for a long time, and we were excited to see her smile and talk to us again. Each night I would go and check on her to see if she needed anything. On one particular day, my brother and I went into her room and we held hands and said a prayer for her because she looked tired. I told her that she had to come to my graduation because I was going to be the first one in my family to go to college. She said she would if she could make it. I think she knew God was calling her home, and I think I kind of knew that too. She passed away the following day, and I was so hurt that I blamed myself for her passing because I thought I didn't do a good enough job to keep her here on earth. One night in August of the same year, I had a major emotional breakdown because I kept blaming myself. Mind you, my granny and I were best friends, and I could have told her anything. I was up really late crying, apologizing, and telling her how sorry I was. I don't know how long I was crying, but I felt a warm, peaceful feeling come over me. I fell asleep after that, and I had a dream about her laughing and talking. That was her way of telling me that she was okay, and that it wasn't mine or anyone else's fault that she passed. To this day, I still have dreams about her because I have two children of my own now, and I know that she's watching over them. There you go. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah, it's a nice, fuzzy, warm one. I'm trying to... You, you, you played a nice story. You didn't play something bizarre and gross and Oh, we'll save that for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah. So anyway, who do we have on our show, Ed? Tonight, we are welcoming our very special guest, Jason Baker. Woo! Woo! Jason, um, I actually saw... I, I don't know Jason, but I saw an article on Jason in the Boston Globe a month or so ago, and it um, just talked about his photography, and I just thought I was really fascinated with his work, and I thought he would be a great guest. So without further ado, hey, uh, Jason, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Hey, Good. Jason, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, Jason, you're, you're like a photographer? Yeah, I am a self-taught photographer that just likes to take pictures of abandoned buildings. And, uh, I, I mean, no one's got a bunch of questions for you, but you think my interest already is so, uh, uh, were you a photographer before you started looking at 
abandoned buildings, or were you looking at abandoned buildings first and then became a photographer? I uh, looked at abandoned buildings first and then became a photographer. It started uh, Denver State Hospital is what did it for me. Oh. oh. Nice. That's, that's what did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ann, I'll let you take over because I know you have, like, the great questions. Oh, well, I hope I have great questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what a fabulous place for you to start. I mean, Danvers Hospital. I mean, all us ghost hunters were, you know, just chomping at the bit to get into there. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was the ultimate place. Really? Now, yeah. what, um, what made you want to just start going out and photographing these abandoned places? You know, other than, you know, you went to Danvers and saw it and thought it was awesome. But yeah, what, else, it, what moved you? It, it was the curiosity to see what was left in there, if there was anything left in there. And just looking at the pictures of, you know, what it is now compared to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And definitely it, it just, it was intriguing being someplace, you know, in the pitch dark, no one else there, and never know what you're going to find in there and everything. That's what started intriguing me the most. Mm-hmm. Now, I, and and that leads me to this question is, I mean, there's so many places that, as paranormal investigators, we want to get into, but we can't always get into, or we're not supposed yeah. to get into. So, like, were you legally in there, or you just kind of ended up in there, and well, um, usually tell us? I Usually I just end up in there. A lot of times... Um, a lot of times the security guards that are there, if they know what you're doing and know that you're not going to destroy any of the property, mm-hmm. sometimes, depending on the security guard, they'll let you just, you know, they'll just look the other way and pretend they didn't see you. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and, and some of the times, um, you know, you can get the legal permission. Um, but a place like Danvers, it was hard because, I mean, everywhere you walk, I mean, it was pitch black in there from the boards on the windows. Mm-hmm. And then... You had collapses everywhere. I mean, you had collapses from the top floor all the way down into the tunnels and mm. with all the asbestos and lead paint in it. It's definitely not somewhere to go and party like, you know, all the kids, you, you know, a lot of kids say they went there and partied. I definitely wouldn't want to party in a place like that or anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just what you want to do is, you know, walk around a place with big gaping holes and collapsing floors. Drunk. Yeah, and especially <laughs> with Danvers, somewhere like Danvers especially was a maze. You would turn around one corner, and then you just wouldn't know where you were. Wow. That's, so that's it, yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, you definitely have to have, you know, a lot of energy to go in these places and, you know, definitely be brave to go in these places. <laughs> so is that, like, for you, is it like, um, you know, like a rush to you know, go in someplace like that? Uh, there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush there, and then yeah. just to find things there that, you know, that are, are not meant to be seen, you know, see what they left over. Like, some of the places that you go, just everything's still there. Like, the beds are made there, the clothes are still in there. Oh, my God. You know, some, some of the places have the doctor schedule still up, um, uh. patient files are still in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. You know, what's interesting is is that uh, this is actually a pretty uh, uh, big hobby for a lot of people. I, I know that we had the guys from Skid, and that's originally oh, yeah. they had done that. And and when uh, a few years back when my uh, wife was going through the cancer treatment, uh, one of the X-ray 
they're not techs, they're, they're bigger than techs, I forget what the hell they're called, but uh, she was like really into urban uh, uh, expeditions and going into all these abandoned buildings. So the, there is yeah. a, a lot of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that do it. Um, you know, for the, most part, for the most part, you know, a lot of people just go in and take the photographs. I mean, you have a lot of the urban explorers that go in and, you know, vandalize and break things, which I don't agree with. No. Um, but, you know, it, it, the people that just go and take photographs, I think that's what they need before they, you know, demolish places like that, just to keep history alive with these places. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and like we have here in East Bridgewater, we have a, a church actually that I'm kind of interested in getting into to investigate. And um, I've had people say, you know, because I'm also a videographer and you know, can you go in and, 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 and take video in this place so we remember what it was like and we, we have that, you know. We, I think you need to, you need a record of that history. Yeah, I mean, especially when the article came out, which was good, I had a lot of people, uh, you know, from the Department of Mental Health email me and just be like, I used to work there. It's great seeing, you know, oh, wow. bringing bring down memory lane and everything. And a lot of people are sad of the way they, you know, the state just let these buildings just rot and decay like they right. did and did nothing with the properties. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they all just, they just walked out one day and no one looked back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just, you know, put everyone out on the street with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just didn't even, didn't even, you know, bother seeing what they could do with some of the buildings to save them. Right. There's so much interest in abandoned asylums, I think, may, probably primarily because of the uh, misery there. I know mm-hmm. that uh, I had actually talked to this guy who wrote a book called The Eye of Danvers, and it's the history of the Danvers State Hospital uh, by Michael Ramsberger. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a neat thing, and uh, yours is more a pictorial than the than the, what he did, right? In your books, yeah, mine's more pictorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, sorry. I would. I did want to ask you. Um, can you tell us? I mean, I know you have quite a few books out now, and um, can you tell our listeners what they are, a little bit about them, and where they can get them, and what your website is? That would be all cool stuff. Yeah. Sure, um, definitely. The first book I did uh, was called Urban Decay, and that was just a photo book of black and white photos from uh, various hospitals like Danvers State and Massachusetts, uh, Metropolitan State Hospital in Waltham, and Northampton State Hospital, and some other couple hospitals from um, New York were in there. Um, other than that, I have um, two books out, called one called Abandoned, and another one called Abandoned 2, and what that was is uh, my pictures are in the book, and then I got local, uh, well, not local, but horror writers from all over, you know, the states and everything, um, to write horror stories with the pictures that they wanted of mine mixed in the book. So it's my pictures in the book with their horror stories in there. So um, I have two volumes of that out, and I just recently released another Urban Decay pictorial book, which is, um, you know, Worcester State Hospital, um, and uh, Westboro State Hospital, which just recently closed down, mm-hmm. and a few other hospitals that were in Massachusetts that are no longer with us anymore. But um, all those books you can get on blurb.com, but the easier way to find them is you can go to my website, which is jasonbakerphotography.net, 
And from there, you can connect to my Facebook and the blurb accounts to order the books and whatnot. That's great. I I have, and I have all your books on my Christmas list. <laughs> and I better see them under my tree. What, what, you know what? You know what? That's a pretty good deal because she doesn't even put mine on her list. To get out. Oh. <laughs> that's not true, Ron. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, Jason, we we have to know. We have to ask the million dollar question: Is uh, do you get many orbs in your uh, photographs? Um, I did have um, from one particular hospital. I got a lot of uh, paranormal images, uh, which was Metropolitan State Hospital in Waltham. Mm. Um, I, I got a lot of stuff that happened there, and um, as far as like experiences, like. Um, Turtle State School was a weird experience for me. A lot of weird stuff happened there. But um, when I go in, I try not to pay too much attention. That way I can focus on my photography. But <laughs> sometimes, you know, it just drives you in and you wonder what's behind you or you feel things looking at you that you can't really explain. Do you go in by yourself, first uh, First of all? Uh, I usually don't. I have a couple times, but I usually don't just for the safety reasons. Okay, of good, good, collapses. good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Very good. Good idea. So, what, yeah, I mean, what, tell us a little bit about some of this creepy stuff that, that you felt, or, I mean, what type of feelings? What, what, what have you experienced? And you know what we're going to Danvers was definitely, um, you always felt being watched in there, especially in the tunnels. You always, you know, walked by a room and had a double take because you would think you would see something in the room or just something wasn't right down there. So Danvers was just a lot of feeling eyes on you. Um, Metropolitan was just a lot of orbs, a lot of noises, a lot of doors opening and closing Mm. that weren't explained. Um, and you, you got to consider sometimes too. You go in these buildings, and you got to think sometimes when you're walking on, you know, these floors. They're old floors, so you got to know where the noises are coming from and everything. And Metropolitan was definitely you would hear noises on one corner where nobody was sitting at. You would go down there, and then the noise would be at the corner you were just at too. And it was <laughs> definitely a lot of weird things. Uh, Fernal State School was a lot of. Um, just noises that you would hear. You would see shadows out of nowhere that would disappear. And um, a couple of times, my uh, my mother actually went on adventures with me a couple of times. <laughs> really? And, yeah, she, I got her to go a couple of times. And after Fernal State School, she, she stopped. She wouldn't go anymore because <laughs> she... <laughs> she um we she was drawn to the place for a while. We, she was just drawn to go back there over and over again. And then finally, she just had a bad experience there with um, bringing a spirit back with her, and she she was done with it after that. She didn't want to do any more of it. Oh, wow. You, you know, it's very interesting that you say that, because I have actually interviewed quite a few people who are uh, urban explorers, including uh, the lawyer for uh, the NEGP, and she had the exact same experience where she didn't think anything. She would just as an urban explorer, not as a ghost hunter, I think, and she did bring uh, something back with her. So, uh, yeah, it does happen, and it's happened several times, like I said. Now, what, the the Fresnel School, is that the name of it? Um, yeah. What, was that, like, what kind of school? Like, what did um, they do there? That was, that was for um, the home, uh, it was for mental retardation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it, it, it was a lot of abuse there. Um, uh-huh. And someone really stood up there maybe about like three or four years ago. It was called the State Boys Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And they used to feed the kids radioactive oatmeal, do all experiments on them and everything. And oh, my a God. Lot of, a lot of abuse went on there. Oh, my God. So, so the, the, the campus is actually still active. There's about three buildings on the property that are still open. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in the middle of closing it down. Right now I think they're down to 15 or 16 patients left there that they need to transfer out, and then the whole campus will be entirely closed down. Wow. So, I mean, I guess when you think about the things that happened there, it's it's not hard to imagine, you know, that you could bring some of that out with you again. And yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they, they just, you know, most, most of the places that I get the most weird feelings about are usually the morgues, of course. Um, <laughs> the morgues can be very... Very weird feeling, like, um, but, I mean, it's definitely interesting. A lot of places still, I mean, I've been in some hostels that they still have the autopsy photos laying around in there. Oh, oh my um, God. You know, oh. slides, slides of blood still um, laying around there. I mean, they definitely, when they when they leave, they just pack up and leave. They usually <laughs> don't wow. clean up too much around those places. <laughs> that That's insane. That's a pun, yeah, but... <laughs> it's, it's 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 definitely an experience, and I, I mean, I, I finally found one morgue um, that was clean enough that I actually laid in the train, got pushed in, and just to see what it was like. Oh, oh gross! <laughs> and it was definitely it, it was definitely an unreal experience that I would not want to do again. Oh, that's that's funny. Oh my god, did you take pictures? <laughs> I, I did. my friend took a picture of me laying in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. When you when you go in there, Jason, like I mean, because I mean, all these places have like a lot of violent history and whatnot. I mean, do you ever wear? I mean, as, as investigators, we usually wear some kind of protection, or you know, Ron has a special mix. And and uh, huh? do you ever do anything like that? Do you think about that? Um, usually yeah. when I go in and when I leave, I'll say like a little prayer, you know, just mm-hmm. to, you know, say I'm going in with peace and I'm not here to disturb anything, that I'm not here to harm anything. Mm-hmm. And when I leave, you know, I'll just make a prayer that nothing follows me home and everything. Um, I started doing that after the whole incident with my mother when she went. Wow. I started doing that. And luckily, luckily it seemed to work. I haven't, you know, luckily brought anything home with me, but... You know, there's, there's sometimes that when you're in there, you're just not quite sure mm-hmm. if, you know, if you are going to bring somebody home with you or not. Wow. That, that, is, that is really creepy. Like, so, I, I, uh, of, your photograph, of all the photographs you, you've taken, and what do you think was the most unusual thing that you couldn't explain in it that, you know, could be paranormal or you just... You know, make you say, hmm. Um, in the photographs at uh, Metropolitan State Hospital, we had, um, a, like, a transparent person in a hallway that I never could explain what it was, where it came from or anything. And um, 
One of the places I went before I started actually photographing asylums, I went to a place called um, Spider Gate Cemetery um, oh, yeah. in Worcester, Massachusetts. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we got, I got in that um, a transparent headstone and a transparent coffin in that one. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, so that was quite the experience there, too. Yeah, I, so those, you know, Spider Gate is a, a unusual place. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Jeff Belanger did a lot of research on it for his uh, book, Legend Trip, I believe it was. And uh, there's a lot of uh, urban rumors, and they're, they're all based on fact, actually, which is kind of interesting about that place. But it's yeah, owned by the Quakers, I believe, or, uh, in, the, in that area. Yeah, it is. And they definitely cut down on a uh, kid hanging out there. I mean, the cops will be right on you as soon as you park your car. Right. Mm-hmm. Anywhere near it. Mm. But it, it, it was definitely, it, it, I went during the day. I didn't even go at nighttime. I went during the day, and it was definitely a freaky place. That's that's interesting because we camp about a half an hour away, and um, Spider Gates is in Leicester. And I've been there many times, but always in the day daytime. And, yeah. And uh, it's, it's the friends of the Quakers that actually um, – run that particular cemetery. They take care of it. Um, but it's it's definitely, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's in the middle of the woods. You probably have to walk, what, like a quarter mile into the woods? Um, yeah. Kind of through the swamps. And <laughs> um, I always find it to be a really, really peaceful place. But I've never been there at night. Um, but, I, you know, the times, all the times I've been there, I, uh, I kind of like it out there. <laughs> I mean, the, the pictures that I got there with all the transparent stuff, it actually wasn't in the cemetery. It was all the woods surrounding the cemetery. Oh, right. Um, you know, in back of the cemetery, like the woods mm-hmm. walking to the cemetery. The cemetery itself, it, it, it is like when you're in there, it is a very peaceful place and everything. It just seems around the area around the cemetery that mm-hmm. is not the fun part. Yeah, because there's a road that goes down out in the back of it. Um, yeah, with with like another river down there, a little river down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely an interesting spot. <laughs> I don't know if I believe everything that they say. You know, I think a lot of it is urban legend. Yeah, but it's based uh, yeah. on fact, actually. Uh, that's the interesting thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is because I think a lot of people go there looking for you know all the gates and everything and. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all there is is that one main gateway. That's all that's left mm-hmm. over. But I heard, I heard there were other gateways at certain points in time. Mm-hmm. No, there's still there's still a lot of seven gates there. They are. They uh-huh. are. Yep. Where are the seven gates? I see. Okay. I see two at the opening. Well, good to you. <laughs> well, I we do. Have, we have to take a break right now. When we come back, I just may tell you. Okay. So you are listening to Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation, with Ann Kerrigan and Ron Koch. And a special guest is Jason Baker. And we'll be right back after the following messages on Net, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. The American Rock and Roll Countdown. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official Classic Hits Countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Druggynet.com. And we are back with Ghost Chronicles Next Generation and our guest, Jason Baker. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> if anybody wants to call in, by the way, the number is 8. No, uh, what is it? 877 864 4869. 877 864 4869. Or you can join us live in the Toginet chat room. But actually, uh, my good friend Jeff Belanger wrote a book called Weird Massachusetts. And in. We had Massachusetts at the Spider Gate, and he looks at the uh, the theories about it, the whatever you call it, the legends about it. There are nine gates to hell around Spider Gate. Uh, there's an elevated area on the ground inside the cemetery where rituals took place. People have committed suicide inside the cemetery, specifically hanged themselves from a tree dubbed the Hanging Tree. Cloak figures regularly perform occult rituals at the cemetery at night. The roads around the cemetery appear and disappear, and ghosts around the grounds at night. So this is the things, and I don't want to go through the whole thing because there's several pages on it, but he actually takes each one of these things and breaks it down and sees uh, and demonstrates the fact behind it. And there, there are uh, nine gates to hell according to Jeff Belanger, if you count the gates uh, really? around the paths as well. So you're mm-hmm. thinking of the big spider gates themselves. But uh, i got to go around there and walk around a lot. There you go. There's a, there's a, it, go to the library if you don't want to spend the uh, whatever <laughs> it is for this lovely book here. Uh, uh, we had Massachusetts. But it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, it, I would definitely uh, read that section if you guys are interested in it, especially, uh, Anne, if you're so close to it all the time. Well, you know, I... <laughs> I I mean, I've been there, and I don't think I've ever actually counted that many gates. I guess I'll have to look at my pictures. Well, you didn't do enough research, evidently. I guess I didn't, and I, I, I've, I've read about Jeff's section about that, but I guess I'll have to go refresh myself. Yeah, he, he, goes, into, <laughs> he goes into each one of them. Yeah, it's kind of cool because... Uh, uh, I've, I've seen his lectures, uh, well, listened to his lectures several times, and that's one mm-hmm. of the, the uh, things he always brings up, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. So. Now, 
Jason, have you been to any other interesting cemeteries besides... Uh, oh, I knew we were going down that road. Well, you know it's I me. I knew we were going down that road. <laughs> See, Jason, I do cemetery photography, so I'm, like, all over that, but... I did, I did Spider Gate, um, Lowell Cemetery, uh, oh, another good bar. Yeah, you Lowell did. Cemetery, it, it's all these grand stones that are incredible, like lions yeah, it, and everything. It's the Garden Cemetery. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian has to go there sometimes. Well, Jason, where are you from, by the way, since I ramble and whatever? I, um, I'm actually from Boston. Oh, right, okay, so yeah. Yeah. We could, we could hitch up with him and take him there and... Teach him a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> I Definitely. think he's doing pretty well. Trip. <laughs> that, that would be great. I think he's doing pretty well on his own, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm up for a trip. Any, any trip is fun. <laughs> so, so, Jason, when you were in the Lowell Cemetery, you must have seen which body then? Yeah, I saw that and all the all the stuff that people left there and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that that trip was about. I haven't been there recently. That trip was about maybe six, seven years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely time and coming to go back. Mm-hmm. How long have you been? How long have you been doing the um, your abandoned site photography? Um, the photography I started off with the cemeteries, and then it went to the buildings about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And we, which it came in good time before they got rid of most of them. Because I mean, there's not many left. I mean, the Foxborough is now condos. Northampton's condos, Danvers' is condos, Metropolitan State Hospital's condos. Mm-hmm. So have you definitely, I oh, definitely okay. caught it at the good time before they tore a lot of them down. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever um, been down here in our neck of the woods down to Hanson to the... Um, Plymouth the old, County? Yeah, the Plymouth County Hospital. And I, got, I made it there twice. Uh-huh. And you got in? Twice. Uh, yeah, I got in both times. Wow. Um, one of the times was right after the fire, so I had to kind of be careful. Uh-huh. One of the fires that they had there, uh-huh. but it, it was definitely an interesting place. I mean, they they left a lot behind, a lot of beds just laying around everywhere. Wow, definitely I've, a lot left. I've, I've always wanted to get in there, and people tell me that you can get in there, but I've walked around the place, and I'm like, how the hell do people get in here? It's all boarded up. Yeah, after a while of doing it, you get to know the secret tricks that people do. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of it is, you know, just luck when you go. Sometimes, you know, people will have the entryway there, and then they go reboard it off a month later. So, I mean, it's open <laughs> for a little while, and then it closes up again. I mean, it really just depends on, you know, who does security there or who watches the property on how well. Uh-huh. They keep it from getting access from people or not. Uh, so I I have to go armed with like a pry bar and a hammer and nails, right, it's, to get in. <laughs> not usually. Sometimes yeah. like it's it's just the things that you would never expect. Sometimes like a door will just open right up out of nowhere or something like that. I remember uh-huh. the first time I went to Danvers, the right up the main the main entryway at Danvers, you just walk up and the door opened right up. Oh, my God. And a lot of people would be like, how do you get in there? How do you get in there? How do you get in there? And it's just, just like just trying to look around. In. And, you know, there's always ways. <laughs> there's, well, that's... there's always ways to get in. Wow. I guess I'm not diligent enough. I don't know. Yeah. You just have to look at every little corner, oh, especially, like, look behind trees or look behind, you know, places that not the normal person would just look. <laughs> I have to think outside the box. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but I mean, it, 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 it is getting worse. I mean, they are getting better with boarding them up just because, you know, the kids starting the fires in them or, you know, just, I mean, there was a kid in Lowell that went inside an abandoned place and he actually fell down an elevator shaft. <gasps> Oh, yeah, that so was people that were was, getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, that was the low mills uh, that happened uh, not too long ago, actually. Yeah, I think it was a few months ago that it happened because I remember reading about that. Yep, it was the low uh, mills that the mills that had been abandoned there, and uh, that's what happened. Yeah, and there was yeah, so, uh, there was another group in uh, Maine uh, about a year and a half ago that actually burnt the place down. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's all over the place. You know, kids are just going in and partying, you know, with the spray paint can, beers, and everything, and then they end up doing something stupid, and that, that ruins it for the photographers who just want to go and just take pictures and mm-hmm. document anything. Right, right. Yeah, you know what's want. interesting, too, is is that in the United States, uh, you're really not allowed in most places to go in cemeteries at night, not legally anyway. Right. But in uh, the U.K., it's not a big deal at all. It's considered uh, public property, so mm-hmm. it's not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in Europe, a lot of the biggest islands in Europe, I know people out there that they, they don't care if you go in and take pictures or do what you want to do, and as long as you're not damaging anything or ruining anything, they'll just let you walk right in. Right. So that definitely, um, you know, it, it, it's it's depending state by state. I mean, I've had really good luck in New York, you know, of them letting me in legally. Um, Pennsylvania, I've been let in legally. Maine and um, New Hampshire, I've been let in legally. Massachusetts seems to be the only tough state that they, <laughs> of course, they don't want to let anybody in. <laughs> they don't want you to see how they left it. <laughs> It's got to be that, you know, they they don't want to see that, you know, they don't want anyone to know, you know, what they left behind. And especially, you know, one of the things that disappoints me about it is that they do leave the, pay, you know, the patient file work in there. That's that's something that they definitely should, you know, bring to the archives and whatnot, not just let laying around. Just right. That would make and sense. And it definitely worries, it worries me on, you know, people that, you know, all their information is just lying around there and, you know, just notes by the nurses, what medications they were on, how they were day by day. Wow. Have you ever been over to um, Paul Dever, Polly Dever? Yeah, I've been there. um, When I first started going there, it was actually pretty much a free-for-all. You were allowed on the property. Everything was wide open. Um, And then they recently, about a year and a half ago, they opted to have security. No one's allowed on the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that, that was definitely an interesting history. I mean, it was a World War II camp, and then it turned over to Department of Mental Health. Mm-hmm. So that definitely had a lot of, you know, history behind it. Um, most of the buildings, I mean, there, they, they did take out a lot of the stuff there. So most of the buildings were just bare and empty. But the, I mean, Paul Dever, the best thing about it was all the underground tunnels that I had. Ooh, did you go down there? Yeah, I, I, that that's that was one of the best parts about it. I walked mostly all the tunnels that they had. Wow. So most of the hospitals, that's the second thing. I mean, that's the first thing you usually go into if you're looking to find a morgue, because the morgues are usually in the tunnels. Oh. So, because usually the first off for me is the morgues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that, that's that's usually the first stop for me, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it goes up into like the wards and everything and the administration buildings. 
No, so both of the hospitals have underground tunnels from building to building. So you don't. Once you're in the building, you're in the building. You just go underground and walk from building to building. Oh wow! Now, have you ever felt like? Do you have a? You know, when you're in the tunnels, do you have like any? You feel anything? Notice anything? Um, Danvers was the Danvers was the one place where the tunnels really. I just I, I just wanted to get out of them. I didn't want to be in them. Uh. Um, definitely, like every door you walked past, you were like afraid to walk past because you weren't sure if something was in there or not. And definitely, you felt like all eyes were on you. And um, you know, I, I made it down there just to get a picture of um, the scene where they filmed Session Nine with all the arm sleeves in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I made it down there just to get a picture of that. But after that, I, I didn't want any part of the tunnels there. They just, <laughs> I, I just didn't like them there. So, so I, what I, I can't understand, what, what fascinates people about these decrepit buildings? I mean, I have a, a good friend by the name of Cyril Place, and he does a lot of uh, uh, photography of, of, like, abandoned buildings with uh, scantily clad uh, models. Oh, and yeah. a, lot of people, a lot of people find this erotic. And, and isn't there a draw that a place is decrepit, that, that it's somehow sensual at the same time? It's, you know, it's falling apart. That A lot of people are drawn by something, you know, falling apart, and especially with something like these asylums because they're, like, huge grand buildings that, you know, are never going to be made like that ever again. And just, it's, especially with the models. I mean, you can get good pictures. Something about a model, you know, in this old building with everything falling apart around them. And especially with a lot of the buildings you have, like, you just have all, like, the trees starting to grow in the building and vines starting to grow in the building, so it looks like you're in a jungle sometimes, depending <laughs> on where you go. Have you seen his work at all? Uh, yeah, I have. I was, I was actually in a – he wasn't there, but I was in a gallery a couple months ago that his work was there, but he wasn't in – he wasn't at the gallery, but his work was there. Right. And I've seen, I've seen some of his work from Worcester State and Taunton State Hospital. Yeah, it's Definitely phenomenal. Amazing phenomenal. work. Definitely phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal photographer. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> um, Jason, what gave you the idea um, to com- combine your photos with the hor- the horror stories? That was I was I was bored one day and I was just thinking something different I could do with my photos. Um, you know, to get them out there a little bit more, and I. I always remember reading horror stories, and, like, when I read them, I never, I, I always imagine what the place would look like, but a lot of, you know, books don't have the pictures. I mean, some books will have the illustration, but it, it was just thinking, like, oh, it'd be really cool to imagine, you know, while you're reading about this certain hallway, you know, this hallway that's supposed to be haunted, to see a picture of what this hallway would be like, you know, it gives, you, it gives a little bit more creativity and gets the reader a little bit more into the story. And then from there, I just contacted some writers that I knew that did some horror, short horror stories, and asked them to take part in it, and it kind of grew from there. And then I only planned to do one book, and then it went well, and then the writers were saying, oh, are we going to do another one? Are we going to do another one? And now now it seems like, I, I mean, the first book had five writers in it. The second book, I got seven, and the third book, which we're now working on, there's 11 writers on it now. Wow. So it's definitely growing, and, you know, all the writers, um, you know, have been doing it for free, 
um, just because they believe in the project and everything until we find a publisher to, you know, take it on. Wow. Right now everything's being self-published. So, you know, luckily I found a good group of people that are <laughs> sticking with me from it, and hopefully it'll pay off. I, I just think it's a great idea. I mean, it, it just... It, it, yeah, seeing pictures with the stories, it was kind of like yeah. you don't see that often, so... It, it works so well. And now do you go through... Um, you know, do you go through the story and and things pop into your head, oh, I have the perfect picture to go with this from here, or how do you work usually, that? Usually what the writer will do is they, they, they'll tell me what pictures they really like, and, you know, for the pictures they really like, they'll, they'll already have a story ready. I mean, they'll be like, oh, I like that picture you just put up. I have a story for that. I want to use that <laughs> picture. So I usually give them free range, the writers, to do whatever they want, just you know, with what if photos they want and whatnot, just so that way they can let their creative minds work. That's great. So your your pictures are inspiration for their stories. Exactly. Which is great, which is great. It's what keeps me going to keep getting more pictures done. Right. It's perfect, I think. So, you know, I've been, I've been going about twice a week now at a building, so hopefully... Mm-hmm. hopefully I'll be able to keep that up all winter, doing it twice to three times a week. Wow. And every place I go, I take about an average of about three, four, three to four hundred pictures per place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy and to then, do. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, you know, and then I'll go back again and again and again because there will always be oh. something new or something mm-hmm. that I missed and everything, especially the place I'm working at right now. I'm going to be going back for the fourth week, and I think there's about 50 buildings on the property, and I think I've only seen like 20 of them, so I'm definitely... Wow. Can Definitely you... still hunting for that morgue. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk a little bit still about... hunting for that morgue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what type of, you know, camera you use and, and how you use it. I think that's important because a lot of people will see your work and they'll say, you know, geez, that's pretty good stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I'd like to try it too. So could you give us a little insight into that? Sure. Uh, my camera, I use a Canon... Um, a Canon PowerShot S5, and um, basically it's it's worked wonders for me. I've had it now for like three years, and it's it's gone through its share of abuse from falling and being thrown around in the buildings and whatnot. Um, so usually I will do when I'm in a building, I will usually do long exposure. I will never use a flash, um, just because the flash really doesn't bring out the colors as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's dark. A lot of it you got to go home and um, definitely edit the photos majorly mm-hmm. uh, to get the colors the way they are in the asylums. Uh, but I, I just go with my cam- a camera, flashlight, and tripod. <laughs> that's, that, that's my equipment. A lot, a lot of batteries. <laughs> a lot of batteries. Um, but, you know, I've only worked with, like, Canon cameras, and they've they've always done me good, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the batteries, because Ann and I both know this as paranormal investigators, that the batteries are drained at whenever you go to a haunted place. Uh, do you think that that's the reason the battery, you get lots and lots of batteries, or is it just you just use a lot of batteries? Um, usually, like, my camera batteries are usually good because they're rechargeable batteries. I've had... One incident where they drained really fast, and that was at um, Norwich State Hospital in Connecticut, which was which was really weird because the 
the uh, rechargeable ones never drain on me, but at this hospital they drain on me very, very fast. Uh, the flashlight always drains, and it, there's, there's no explanation why. There's wow. no explanation. It'll be everyone who, usually everyone that goes all flashlights will usually drain around the same time. <laughs> So Have you been to- luckily, luckily, I'm always the one with the extra batteries. So. <laughs> I know. I always, I always have tons of batteries. Have you been to uh, Eastern States? I have. That, uh, that I went to about five years ago, mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Um, about the, at that time, I had permission from the Department of Mental Health to do um, some asylums in New York, Pennsylvania. Right. So I stopped into the private tour of Eastern State, and that was definitely... Definitely awesome. It was mm. it, it was bigger than I imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely creepy vibes in the infirmary. I got to go in the infirmary, which they don't do on the public tour, I guess. Um, but it's it's falling apart. It's hard to walk around in there. But creepy vibes in the infirmary, definitely. Um, death row was kind of creepy. <laughs> um, pr- prisons for me, though, I've been to, including Eastern State, I've been to three or four. And prisons creep me out more than the asylums do for some reason. Mm. Mm. I wonder why. I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but it's just the prisons definitely creep me out. Huh. Hmm. Well, of all the things. <laughs> I would think the, the uh, morgues and the asylums would creep me out more than the prison. Yeah, no, the, the, the morgues I'm good with. I, I, I get. I actually can spend, you know, I can spend about a good hour photographing a morgue and not be creeped out at all. Uh, oh my god! Usually that... those aren't that bad. I mean, I did one place. I did find a hydrotherapy room with all the things still on the tubs and all the restraints still on the tubs and everything. That was definitely creepy. Oh. Yeah, definitely creepy. <laughs> I think that would bother me. That I don't know. Here, we're going to strap you into this big pool of water. Yeah, <laughs> ice, ice cold water. <laughs> oh my god! And I mean, it just had uh, you know, it just had a little slit for their uh, a little hole for their head to poke out, and then oh. all the rest was covered up. Oh. And, and, and they were pretty heavy restraints too, so. Mm-hmm. It was. It was definitely. You know, I. I actually crawled into one of them. Ah. <laughs> oh. to, yeah. I, I. I like to. You know. I, I. I like to see what things would felt like and everything there. So I actually crawled into one of them. It, it was definitely. It was definitely very claustrophobic feeling in it and everything. So. Oh. Not to mention, it was full of asbestos, which wasn't oh, a great yeah, that's, idea that's, for me to go in. So. Yeah, that's a big thing now. Anyways, Jason, I hate to tell you this, but we've run out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, once you give oh, your website you so out, much. give your website out once once again. Sure, it's www.jasonbakerphotography.net, and from there you can connect to my Facebook and get information on ordering the books and whatnot. Excellent, and we want to thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank All you. All right, Jason. thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and I hope we'll hear from you again. You will. Thank you very much. All happy right. Happy hunting. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Well, he was cool, huh? Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. I I just love um, you know that whole abandoned. I don't know the whole abandoned asylum thing. Yeah, you have to check out several places work. Uh, then you can tell me what you think. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to help what? <laughs> check out several places work and uh, let me know what you think. Cyril Place. 
Yeah, he's the guy I was telling you, the uh, woman in the uh, Beyond the Things. Anyway, oh, okay. we have another episode of Beyond Bazaar, talking about Bazaar. Oh, good. And so let's play that. All right. Rising from the Grave. In his book, Scottish Body Snatchers, True Accounts, author Norman Adams paints several gruesome tales of premature burial and inadvertent rescue. Among them is the account of Maggie Dixon, who was hung in 1724 in Inveresk, presumably for a self-induced abortion that she had attempted to conceal. Maggie was hung in the town square, and it is said that the hangman pulled and swung on her legs once the noose was tightened and the ladder was kicked out, just for good measure. She was cut down, apparently dead, and her body was put in a cart by her relatives to be taken home for burial. Along the way, the family and friends of the deceased Maggie stopped for a drink. While the mourners were inside the alehouse, Maggie regained consciousness. Her weak cries attracted help, and she was revived by a local surgeon. Later, she was granted her freedom and went on to live many years, being widely known as Half-Hanged Maggie. A similar tale is one from Aberdeenshire, where Marjorie Elphinstone was buried alive and roused from her premature eternal slumber by a grave robber who was trying to steal the rings from her fingers. And there is the story of the minister's wife, Margaret Halcrow. She was saved from an untimely fate when a sexton attempted to rob her grave and found her alive. Her husband was quite shocked to find her knocking on the door one evening. A terrifying tale from Varla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar, available now wherever books are sold. Mm. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the chat room says, isn't it like the Irish to stop for a drink on the way back from a funeral? Hey, who would say that? Who would say that? <laughs> you, know, you know what the difference between an Irish funeral and an Irish wake is? What? An Irish funeral and an Irish wedding, excuse me. <laughs> what? One less, one less drunk. No. <laughs> but a boom. Ow. Try the anyway. veal of year all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I do want to mention that we have a, uh, a great show coming up on the 22nd of December. It'll be a live uh, broadcast from the Circles of Wisdom, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. And uh, we're going to have Elizabeth Foley there. Uh, who is an angelologist? We're going to have Dorothy Morgan. We're going to look look at the uh, uh, world, the year nineteen. Was it? No, we're in the twentieth century now. Huh? Yes, we twenty twenty eleven or whatever it is beyond the twentieth century. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, we're going to be and, and also we're going to be uh, collecting socks, um, uh, swamp socks for the homeless. Yeah. And, and we're talking about kids' socks too. So not only adult socks, but children's socks too. And then uh, everybody who brings a, a new pair of warm socks gets entered into a drawer, and they get the chance to get a free reading from Laura Wista. Oh, so, nice! That'll be cool. I'm going to give I it bring, out. If I bring socks, do I get an entry? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Bring bring nylons, and I'll give you a free entry. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Anyways. Moving right along. <laughs> Everything in the, in the store will be uh, 20% off, and uh, we'll be having prizes. We'll be giving out. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And there'll be food there, too. Like, well, not like dinner or anything, but there'll be snackies. So that'd be kind of cool. Good. Yeah, food's good. Well, especially for you, right? Yeah, it is, because I may not be able to eat by the time I leave work and run up there. Wow, 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 wow. see. Wow, wow. 
Steve, so anyway, for me. Th- that's coming up. And uh, also, that's on the 22nd. We want everybody to come down. It's going to be a real fun time. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's close to Christmas, so who knows what I'm going to be doing. So that's all I can say. And what about next week's show? We're going to talk oh, about next week's show? I was getting to it. it okay. Tag me. Well. Go ahead. You brought it up. You go to it. Well, next week, uh, the 15th, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to have Michael Markowitz, and he's going to be playing some awesome EVPs for us and talking about his experiences while he was ga- gathering these EVPs. I thought you'd say while he was gay. Oh, no. <laughs> now, listen, that's how rumors start. Now, just cut that out. I've gotten in enough trouble for one night anyway. Yeah, you have. But it's the medicine, so, you know, it's not my fault. <laughs> Oh, it's not okay. my fault. Yeah, yeah. Blame, yeah. Blame it on the drugs. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway. So, you got anything exciting coming up? Uh, no. Not a thing. Beyond Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, usual boring life. Okay. Oh, January 15th, by the way, we'll also be doing an investigation at the End Magnolia in Gloucester, a ghost hunt, uh, which will be up pretty soon, so you can get involved in that. And, uh, you know, there you go. So. All right. Well, thank you to our guest, Jason Baker. Thank you yeah, all for listening. Cool. Very cool. I, I didn't know what to expect, and I got more than I expected. So there you go. Well, you got to get his book. I guess. <laughs> Good so night, everyone. Day. Good night. God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us. <laughs>